The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his apostles, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink because the little one is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. The Gospel of the Lord. So if, if we're not really kind of shaken by these words of Jesus or we don't feel the power of them, the intensity of the words that Jesus says here, then we're probably not receiving them according to how he put them out. Listen to what he says. Whoever loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves his son or daughter if you love your child more than me, so just think about it. if you were right there and, and you were listening to Jesus say these things, how absurd this would sound. If you love your son or your daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. That is really, really intense and heavy. And we try to kind of rationalize or take the edge off some of these words as modern people. As modern people, what we would like to believe, so like if you asked, if you just took a survey and you went out to Chicago or you went wherever in the United States and you said, hey, who do you think Jesus is? What, the, what a very common response, and I would guess probably the majority response would be, is he was a great moral teacher one of the greatest human beings ever to live, and he taught people and, and, did a, and, and was just excellent. Now, here, of course, this passage sounds psychotic or demonic even, right? The egoism here. If Jesus is not God, if Jesus is not God himself, then that's a wild thing that someone would say. If I said that to you in all seriousness, if I came in here as your new priest and said, you need to love me more than your children, and I was dead serious, first off, you would laugh at me because you think I was, I was just like making a joke or something because it's such an absurd thing to say. And then if you thought I was serious, I would get thrown out of this church so quickly this is the kind of thing that got Jesus crucified, right? So this is really, really serious words. He's not saying I'm just a moral teacher. 
He's not saying, I'm the best moral teacher that ever came. I'm God's appointed moral teacher, philosopher. Saint, uh, C.S. Lewis said, C.S. Lewis was a philosopher in the early 20th century. He also did the Narnia books. Um, so he did some fiction as well, but he was a bit of a philosopher as well. He's a sharp thinker, very uh, sharp thinker. He was an atheist for the first portion of his life, um, a strident atheist. And, you know, the idea that science is incompatible with God and incompatible with the claims of Catholicism and Christianity was a very common, uh, very common and popular belief in the days of C.S. Lewis, just like they are now. And so Lewis had a conversion, um, and he put together this argument about Jesus. And he said, look, you can't say that Jesus is what I, This is the main thing that people tend to say about Jesus, what I just said, is he's just like the, a great moral teacher, or he's one of the great ones out there. You know, you think about Buddha, you think about Muhammad, you think about the patriarchs or the prophets throughout Judaism. And you think, okay, these are great guys, Moses and all these people. And it's like, Jesus is one of those guys. He's in that category, and he's probably even the greatest of those guys. C.S. Lewis says, that's not right. You can't say that. That's, it's ignorant. It's ignorant to say that. It's like a lack of knowledge of actually what Jesus says about himself. Because if, if you look at the documents, which, by the way, um, are the most reliable historical documents from the ancient world, the four Gospels and the rest of the 27 the rest of the 23 books, 27 books total in the New Testament, they are the most reliable historical documents from the ancient world, period. Period. We have more copies of them from very early times than we do any other historical documents. So you can kind of cross-reference and check for errors. So you can see, oh, was this some kind of legend that started with Jesus? And his followers started off, he was a really good human, but then like the next generation said, no, actually he was really God. You know, and they just kept building up the legend of Jesus. And so this was kind of like a made up thing and Jesus never would have said any of these things to begin with that we're reading here. In other words, the, the texts of the scriptures are unreliable. That is nonsense. And you can find all the documentation on the things I'm speaking of. At any rate, Lewis said, if you, if you look at the claims of the person of Jesus and you take them at their value, he is either one of three things. He's either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he is who he says he is. He is a Lord. So, of course, if Jesus says, you need to love me more than you love your children, um, that would be something that like an egomaniac might say. Like You might think about somebody like Adolf Hitler saying something like that like a narcissistic claim. Um, he wanted, I, as if you've read on Hitler, he wanted absolute and total, complete um, pledging to himself as kind of the center of Germany in those days when he was rising to power. And he built his whole career on a set of lies, and he would keep propagandizing these lies over and over again. So like his famous document, Mein Kampf, is is truly pretty much like complete nonsense, right? It doesn't really have hardly any historical basis whatsoever. So he was a liar. And so you could say that about Jesus. He's claiming to be God dozens of times throughout the, the scriptures in various different ways, this being one of them, and he's a liar. 
He was a liar and a con man. Or you could say, Lewis said, he was a lunatic. This guy was actually truly crazy. He, he actually did think he was God. He had a complex. And so he thought, you should be worshiping me. You should say that I'm God. And that would be something that maybe some, you know, somebody who's not quite all completely put together um, psychologically has something wrong with them. And they're a lunatic, in Lewis's words. And then the third option would be that he is who he says he is. He is God. Jesus, of course, desired to ultimately, ultimately, outside of his words, perform a set of miracles and so on and so forth. And the biggest miracle, which we can still look at today from a historical point of view, is, is the resurrection. And we can take a look at the resurrection accounts and what happened in those early days and what's the evidence of this. So he, he used these to help um, verify what he was actually saying. And so on a practical level, if it makes us uneasy to think that maybe we don't love, or maybe God is too demanding, maybe we don't love God as much as Jesus is saying we should, we should love God with more love than we love our own children, we should very much keep in mind a few things. We should keep in mind that God never asks us for, for, for something, he never asks us to do something that is bad for us. God created us. Jesus is actually the one who created us. He knew us before we even existed because he is consubstantial with the Father, as we say in the Creed. He existed always, and so he thought us into being, and he knows the secrets of the human heart. And when he says, you need to love me first and foremost over your sons and your daughters, um, even though that might sound demanding, um, ultimately, it leads us and makes us more capable of loving our children because any love that we have as human beings is a participation in the love of God himself. It's just like, I'm capable of loving because I'm drawing on the love that God has for everyone else. Lord, we ask you to bless us this day. Help us to love you more. Help us to love Jesus more. Help us to go deeper into these mysteries the mysteries that, of the Holy Trinity. Help us to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength first and love our neighbor as ourself. Help us to let go of anything that we're loving more than God right now in our lives, Lord, anything that we're loving more than you or your son Jesus, any type of attachment to sin, or something that's unhelpful for our spiritual lives. We ask this all through Christ our Lord. Amen.